God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by the lovely Leonora Kravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So uh, it's glad to have you back. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. You've been doing some events. and yeah, been busy with that. Yeah. Important meetings in Washington, D.C., meeting a lot of important people. That's yeah. all great. Um. What do you make of, you know, we haven't heard from you in a while, so what do you make of uh, all of this, you know, just the politics in general? I mean, what do you think is going on in Ukraine? What do you think is going on with this Supreme Court confirmation hearing? Okay, well, I'll, I'll start start with the Ukraine. I mean, obviously, um, we're, you know, the, I have a lot of empathy for this Ukrainian people and for the bombardment that has been going on for, I, I think what I heard was five weeks now we're into it. I, so, so I do empathize with that situation. But I, I do feel that uh, we have to be careful of not running the risk of just, you know, saying Russia bad, Ukraine good. And I do have a piece that I wrote about the um, filmmakers and how we are banning Russian filmmakers oh, from film festivals. Yeah, it's a really good piece you wrote. And, and again, tell people how they can get a hold of your all your writing. So my article is at spectator.org. And if you look up author under my first name, so you look up Leonora, um, I'm the only Leonora there. So you'll find me, Leonora Kravota, and then my articles are in reverse chronological order. I found it easiest to just Google Leonora Kravota spectator and 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 everything pop and everything just pops right uh, it pops right up but 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 the point i made in the article is that by banning you know russian filmmakers we're doing the same type of silencing that we have accused uh russia of doing and you know the people are not Putin, and I think that's an important point. And the other thing I think we should be aware of, and we've heard this in the last week, there's been some instances where uh, Zelensky has come across in a little bit of a dictatorial 
way um, in terms of how he is listening to his people. Again, I'm not a Putin supporter. I don't want anybody misconstruing what I'm saying. But I think we just need to be cognizant that we don't just suddenly replace one with the other. And we have to be aware that all of these places are corrupt. And and we also have to be aware that there were certain things going on behind the scenes, the globalist arguments, et cetera, about why we're being pressured to, uh, you know, give Ukraine a no-fly zone, to do other things which could potentially put our country into war. And we should oppose that at all costs. We should not get into war. This is not our battle to fight. We should not have a dog in this We hunt. should not shed one drop of blood for Putin or, or, or Zelensky. Or Zelensky. Now to, yeah, an, now, to, now to answer your other question about Kijenji. Well, well, yeah, before I get there, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, actually, go ahead. I was going to go ahead. All right. Just to answer your question about Katanji. I can't even say her name. Katanji. Katanji Brown, Brown Jackson. Jackson. She's she, important because she has three. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Of course. I, I think that's become the new thing. Like if you Brett got, Kavanaugh didn't do that. Yeah. You didn't, he didn't do oh, that. Amy yeah. Coney Barrett did it. Yeah. Uh, well, the, but again, these are women that take that have a made a name that's yes, in there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, um, I guess that's the, the case with Katanji. In fact, she married into a family that's connected with Paul Ryan. Right, yeah. So there's... Yeah, Paul she, Ryan's... Uh, Sister-in-law. No, wife, Paul Ryan's wife's br- brother yeah. married Katanji Brown or something like that. Married Katanji Brown's sister yeah. or something. Yeah. I, I forgot the whole story, but it's she's... Not, it's not as in-law. It's not... I, I uh, posted something and I made a mistake because I got it from a source that I trust. Yeah. And they posted up uh, Paul Ryan's sister-in-law. No... So I posted that. I got ripped. Yeah, I I, mean, uh, my audience, I don't remember what it is. I looked it up at one point, and I'm not looking it up right. holds me to the coals when I get something wrong. No, no, no. There, no there is a relationship, and I'm not going to yeah. look it up right this second while yeah. I'm on the air. But So, yeah, there is a connection there, so that's interesting. But let me just say this. Um, I didn't watch all of the hearings, but I watched a little bit of it, and, of course, I've seen the highlights. And I know you're, we're going to get more into this, but I think the big issue is her record. I mean, the fact that she was not as tough on child pornographers as the prosecutors recommended. And I know Ted Cruz went through this whole sequence in which he went through point by point what the prosecutor recommended and how she was lighter. And in one instance, it was something like, I'm I'm paraphrasing, but in one instance, it was something like 50% lighter. I mean, there were were all these sentences. and, And when you asked her her question about how she came to her reasoning, I don't think she was that articulate on that point she was very articulate at other points during the question but on that question t-bone and spartacus yeah (laughs) uh you know he 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 never uh he never fails to delight and surprise (laughs) hey quickly uh ask me ask me what two plus two is what is two plus two i can't answer that i'm not a mathematician there you go are you getting? The I'm getting. Are there stars out tonight? Yeah, I, I mean, can't answer that. What, I'm not is, an astronomer. Is it going to rain? <laughs> is it going to rain? I can't answer that. I'm not a meteorologist. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, are the yeah. Oscars on on Sunday? I can't answer you know, that. I'm not a film producer. I, saw I mean, it on goes this, on and on. I saw on this. Uh, I think it was Tucker. Um, uh, he had. He had. I'm hearing birds. Uh, it's spring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's today. It spring? is spring. Um, what is it? I think March 23rd is spring. Somebody will write in if I got that wrong. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. (laughs) 
So the, this woman says, you know, that's not a, uh, some liberal was asking this woman. March 20th was the first day okay. of spring. So, so uh, well, that's interesting because uh, I thought it was the 23rd. That was the spring equinox. Um, so the guy, the, they're watching the swim meet, at, you know, and, and where uh, Leah Thomas, yeah. that dude that has a, um, a rudder for, you know, the dude, why, the dude whose first name is because he's got a rudder. Uh, the, the dude that's new first name is a derivative of my name. Yes. Well, that dude. yeah. But I mean, he just doesn't look like a girl. You no, know? no. I mean, so there was this, well, there's this picture of a, like a bodybuilder. And this guy has a beard and he's balding a little bit. And he says, I'm Susie. I'm a wrestler. (laughs) Yeah, it's like whatever you feel like today, right? Which is really actually the reason why I bring it up and we're so flippant about it is because that's exactly what's behind uh, Katanji Brown um, Jackson's uh, non-answer about what a woman is because she's answering to the progressives, but... There is this basically this trans lobby, yeah. And what we're seeing is is uh, you know they're allowing trans in cycling events now. Yeah, that to me is yet they're going to go ahead and they're going to go after Lance Armstrong for taking some EPO that everybody else was taking too. Right. You know, he, if he didn't take it, he couldn't compete. Right. Yeah. So he had to take it. I, I, you know, in the case of the Tour de France, I blame the event organizers mm-hmm. for not setting a level playing field and letting the Wild West reign supreme with respect to the EPO drug that was giving everybody performance enhancement because everybody was taking it. It just so happened that Lance Armstrong was better at it than everybody else. And so, you know, but uh, she was watching this swimming event and she was basically like, that's not a woman. And so the guy, the libtard that was sitting next to her, Ivy League, you know, USA, um, was saying, "Are you a biologist? Are you a biologist?" And she says, "I'm not. A, I, I'm not a vet, but I know what a dog is." Right. And I'm like, bingo. Bingo. That, that, that says it right there. No, and again, we have to continue to go back to this issue. The, you know, I was thinking about that as you were talking. Do you know how many years we've been discussing this trans issue, even on the on the radio show? I remember go, when we yeah. had guests it's on. It's an agenda. We had guests on, I believe, from the Daily Signal a few years ago talking about that. We're going back to like 2015. We've oh, been when talking we used about to have a lot of guests. When we used to have a lot of yeah. guests, yes. And then, and then I got tired of the guests. Yeah, you know, you got tired of the guests. <laughs> well, but, not, but you know, I don't want to. Uh, Actually, we are going to be probably gonna, selling books, but I don't want to be a book salesman on my show. But you know what? That's I how have you, one hour, you know, one but hour. But that give. is how you get some of the really good guests, that, the big names. That is, we could get anybody we want. If they're All selling we have to a do book, is call up a book, uh, the book uh, publisher regularly right, or right. something like that. Somebody like that in or every, Sentinel. Yeah, you'll get more. And, and we, we would look important. Well, we have looked important, but yeah. but but my point in saying this is that this has been going on for a while, and it's continuing and continuing. And you're kind of wondering what is their end game with all of this? Is their end game to just neuter the entire society? I remember being a little girl. I'm just going to make this point really quickly, and and seeing an image of a hermaphrodite, you know, baby, and then and then saying that okay, this baby got the yellow blanket instead of the blue or the pink blanket, and you were presenting somebody being born with a mix of chromosomes as being a very rare situation, which it is, and but now you've got all this uh, mad science 
factory happening where you've got people just experimenting and doing all these things and you're wondering what are they trying to do with all this what's the end game are they trying to destroy women's sports are they trying to just say that there's no difference between men and women are they trying to destroy our military what is going on here and why are not more people speaking up about it i think everybody's just fallen in line and even some of the conservatives we you know you, you were getting pushed and pushed so much with this agenda that it's just gotten well, you know too much to, to continue to argue about. I got into this. Uh, I was watching some YouTube and I fell upon Andrew Dice Clay, his first uh, first time on Dangerfields. Oh, yeah? Right? Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, how funny is that? Oh, it was unbelievable. Jack and Jill went up the hill with each carrying a buck and a quarter. Jill <laughs> came down with 250. Yo! <laughs> right? <laughs> I loved it, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, this kind of thing wouldn't happen today. We, we have lost all humor. The liberals destroyed everything. Yeah. And it's all about controlling your speech and what's political correctness. You know, it started like it was a little baby, you know, in the baby thing, yeah. political correctness. And that's why Trump, you know, when he had this exchange with the journalists, I'll call it anchor baby, anchor baby, right? Anchor baby. He's like, no, they're undocumented, blah, 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 no, blah, No, but blah, it was like a paragraph said, long description. Yeah, he said, what would you call it? And and then Trump responded to him. I know I'm going with Anchor Baby. Anchor okay? Baby. We all know what it is. And uh, so when you go back and you look at when we used to have free speech and all this great comedy that came out of it, um, you know, it was great. Sam Kennison uh, <clears throat> and uh, all these different things, you know, talking about gender and all these different things was so, so wonderful. But but this political correctness has uh, really gotten in the way of of a lot of things, and um, but I forget where I was going with that. Actually, I was going somewhere with it. Well, we were talking about uh, Leah Thomas, and we we're you know I, again, yeah, I, no. I I still think that this is a very dangerous situation. It's a slippery slope to overuse a phrase. Why is this all happening? And I really don't believe that this is all something that's organic i think there's a lot of societal oh, pressure for the, for people to accept oh, this oh, thing oh i wanted to tell the story about my dad yes okay, okay. so my dad, you know the story i'm going to tell uh, no the, the shirley, shirley oh i love that story <laughs> tell that story it's a great story all right so my dad you know if i if i were gay or anything my dad would accept me and he lo- he would love me no matter what right um, and he's open-minded and broad-minded. And, you better you know, say all that because he's listening. No, no, no. I'm just saying that's true. That's absolutely true. I would yeah. never, if I if I were of any other persuasion, I would have zero problem confronting my dad about it, and he would. He would love it with you. Open he would arms. love you, however you are. Yes. But, but I remember growing up, and uh, I was getting up up in years. I was getting later in years, longer in the tooth. I was about ten. Longer into a thing. Maybe at eight 10. years old, nine years old, ten years old. And uh, I go and I order a Shirley Temple because I love grenadine and I love ginger ale. All right. And I think you I've like, loved and it you my like whole the, life. And you like the cherries. Yeah, I didn't even mind the umbrella, right. to be yeah. quite honest. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest. If you're being you know, honest. Sometimes or... they put an orange in it, you know. And I don't know where, why I used to think that a Roy Rogers wasn't a cola, but it was a... It was like a 7-Up, and they made it with 7-Up, but they put less grenadine in it. Yeah. So Roy Rogers. So, so what happened? <clears throat> Tell the story. So I, guy, the, the waiter comes around and says, would you like to drink? And I was like, I'll have a Shirley Temple. And 
My dad said, order a Roy Rogers. It's just as good. But it wasn't just as good <laughs> because it didn't have the grenadine. <laughs> but it was more manly. So now no, he, he would be looked at like child abuse. <laughs> child abuse. Day. Well, you know, the, th- the, th- the thing it's is, like, and they would, the, we'll, we'll, we'll share something you private. Get the, you, get the, you get the idea, I get right? The idea. You wanted me to order a boy's drink. Want, not, not a girl's, girl's drink. drink. Yeah. We'll share something private. But we both like uh, the grenadine stuff and we both like the maraschino cherries. So I, I, I get that. But I had a similar one up. When I was, uh, you know, a, f- a few years back when my niece and nephew were much younger, one of them wanted to get the kitchen and the boy wanted to get the kitchen. And his father said, oh, right. I said, you should get the workshop. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like, but the thing is, people should be able to be whatever they want to be. And and we shouldn't suppress that. You know, there is ahead a, of their time is Hemingway. He used to dress up in girls clothes. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. Uh, the, the, t- the tough guy. The right? tough guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, beware of those who come across as too tough. They're hiding something yeah. <laughs> but but my point in saying that there is a big difference between a little boy saying i want a shirley temple drink and a little boy saying i want to become a girl okay yeah. you still wanted to be a boy you just well, liked grenadine we, we got to draw the line there you, you know the thing about it is i know how dumb i was when i was 16 i was dumb wait i, I mean, thought you were 10 or 8 when this no, happened no i'm just saying if ever there was a time when i wanted to do a sex change stop me <laughs> you know, stop well, me this... right there because some something is not working upstairs. <laughs> I got to tell you, I look back at some of the stupid things I've done in my life, and I attribute it to youth. <laughs> you know, and and just I'll I, you know I'm the first one to admit I see these 22 year olds today, which you know you have colleagues that you know that you've worked with, and they're so bright, they're so responsible, they're so whatever. You know, they're usually like, wow. conservative too. It's like when I was your age, <laughs> I was not like you. You know, I was nowhere nearly involved. I was sort of hunched over like a half caveman. You know, um, I, when I look back, I, I didn't make all the best decisions, and you know, we uh, learn and evolve and of course, whatever. But, of course. Uh, but 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 to allow a five year old or to eight year old or ten year old and this Contani Jackson uh, Brown Jackson is is basically pushing critical race theory and and uh, and and sex books. They were reading this one book that was talking about anal sex. You know, in the library that anybody could get access to. That's you know, it's just absolutely insane. What has happened to our education? And more and more people are going to um, homeschooling now. And it's a shame because, you know, I really think that, you know, as much as I respect homeschooling, I I really believe that you have to, uh, you know, part of learning as a a child and growing up is learning how to, to network your friends and build alliances. You know what I mean? That you do in school. School's a tough place. Absolutely, and, and the other, you and know, it, to build those alliances is part of how you navigate and network your well, way through life, and, and that to me is a really important aspect of growth. And then the one other point I'll make about the homeschooling, and I, I and I know people. And then have, we have Ukraine to talk yeah, about. Yeah, and let some me other things and let me just let me just get, let me just get this point out before we go back to Ukraine again about the homeschooling. I think the biggest issue is a child needs to go out and have his own people that he's accountable to, that the parents aren't accountable to. So the child, if the child, when I 
was a child and I didn't do my homework, my my parents didn't do my homework for me. They just would say, did you do your homework? Because they knew that if I didn't do my homework, I would suffer the consequences. Right. And you have and children need to have their own autonomy. They need to have their own sense of accountability. And if uh, if the parent is also the teacher for a long term, it becomes complicated. I'm not right. saying that there aren't special circumstances, but the child can't, starts confusing the relationships. And by the way, today uh, we are going to try to take uh, maybe two calls today. Uh, if you want to call in, um, we're going to take a couple of calls uh, today. It's Friday, so, you know, what can we do? What, what can we say? Uh, I shouldn't have said it's Friday. That, that's just that's bad radio, right? Because if this show gets heard on Saturday or Sunday... Then people are going to be feeling slighted, like, oh, I didn't get it fresh. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but um, if you want to call in, uh, it's 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255 if you'd like to call in and be heard. Um, So we have a couple of clips, and we're not going to take calls while we're running clips. So, you know, whenever the timing is right, we'll, we'll be able to take that call. Um, all right. So I uh, wrote, uh, you know, I'm really loving the Substack. Yeah. So <clears throat> the Substack I put together, I'm going to, we're going to be building out a, a couple of different Substacks for different purposes. Well, and we're going to go ahead and take a caller real quick. Um, let's see. Caller, you're on the air. Oh, hi. This is Donna from California. Hey, Donna from hey, California. Donna. Yeah, yeah, I love your show, and I totally agree with, you know, uh, it's terrible about teaching that critical race theory. I want to tell you that Paul is using uh, my pillow type stuff uh, to help his back. I hear him on the show. Let you know on that. Well, well, that's good you mentioned that because I uh, do. You, are you aware that I had a real major leg spine surgery? Yeah, I heard you say that. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was for me is I had this spine surgery, and I had an infection in my spine. And the only reason why it got so bad was my doctors uh, who, you know, I told them I have an infection, and they said no. And it just evolved, and next thing you know, my spine vertebrae deteriorated to the point where the uh, infection, the bacterial infection, ate away two different t- t9 and t10 and next thing you know i uh i almost died <laughs> i was oh on life god. support for three or four days I could, uh, in october oh my god um and so i could th- believe that about doctors yeah. i told them i had a spastic colon they didn't believe me <laughs> right so here's the thing so uh i had to get surgery i have eight screws two rods uh, I had fusion on my t7 uh, t7 t8 t10 t11 t12 uh, or yeah, and the T T nine T ten were uh, the compromised bones. So in any case, when I got home, I got home with a pick line in my arm. I got home with a hospital bed in my home, and um, <clears throat> finally, I got off the pick line. I got off the walker. I was able to walk a little bit, you know, and, and then I got better each 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 every couple weeks. But what happened was, um, I needed to get it back into my old bed. And it was, uh, it was an older bed, and I needed a better mattress. And so what happened was I went out to Amazon, and I got one of those foam mattresses. You know, like it was like 
I don't know, their best one. And it was like 800 bucks. Right. And I thought, that's a great deal, 800 bucks. I'd returned it like the very day that I got it. I was like, <laughs> I can't sit in this. this. This is a foam mattress. So I, I call. I went in. We had some. Um, we had a relationship. We have a relationship with my pillow, and yeah. I went in and I got the coil mattress, not the foam mattress. They have two. Right. They get the coil one. The coil one is these foam coils that there's thousands of them, and this bed felt wow. like the best hotel bed I've ever been in. And I got to tell mm-hmm. you, it was worth the extra money. It was expensive. It was more expensive. But I'm wow. here to, to vouch for this bed because I, could, I couldn't I could lay straight. I had to be propped up. And so one of the things we also ended up getting is the uh, mechanical device. And if you go to Amazon and you go to MyPillow, the mechanical devices are par- marginally the same price because they can't they can't mess with the machinery there. So, but oh, yeah. you know, the reclining, so they, um, on, on the, on the homepage of red state talk radio, we have, uh, so you go to red state We have a, a yeah. promo going on right now for the coil mattress and the frame and the, uh, the adjustable frame. And you get 30% off on this mattress wow. using red state, red state as your promo code. But I will oh, tell yeah. you this right now. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I haven't even run an ad on this, but my spine uh, was in such bad shape, and I was in such great pain that uh, I needed a good mattress, and this one did the job for me. It, it really did. It was <laughs> unbelievable. So wow. I recommend it strongly. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard Paul say that he used something because he was having trouble with his back. Not as but as big as yours, and he uh, said it, it was wonders. So I'd like to, like to know that Paul had good success too. <laughs> With the mattress, so yeah, just you know, all we're going to ask our audience to do is use Red State as your code. But oh, I man. strongly recommend personal recommendation to get that to get the mattress over at my pillow it's you will not go oh. wrong. It's it's soft and firm. It's great. It's it's perfect. It's really a perfect mattress. And it comes in a box, yeah. even though it's coils. Wow. You think metal coils? No, it's it's foam coils, but they're really good coils. Wow. Yeah. So it, it comes in a box. It's pretty big. It's about 137 pounds, 150 pounds, I'd yeah. say. Uh-huh. And you get it, and you roll it up, and it's, it's absolutely great. Wow. I'm glad yeah. for that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm keep on praying for you. Thank you, for, and thank you for calling in uh-huh. today. Okay, I'll let you get to the next call. All right, take care. All right, uh, well, that was... <laughs> we're doing an infomercial, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, You know, people know by now that I'm very authentic. Yeah, of course. That's not... I'm not trying to be cheesy or anything no, like that. No, of course that. not. You've had, you've had major back surgery, so anything yeah. that helps you. <laughs> yeah, so you've heard me talk about this. Uh, right? I certainly have, so... And, um, uh, what do you think about it? About the mattress? Yeah, I uh, know. I think I think that I think they have a, the mattress is a quality product. I also think they have uh, good slippers and oh, yeah. uh, you have the they, slippers, I got right? the slippers, and they also have <laughs> good pillows. Um, and again, I do think it was wrong 
whether you agree with him or not to censor Mike Lindell. I mean, and that's a, the, the broader who, issue. Who is, who Mike, is censoring? Uh, he's been censored from certain. Uh, oh, right. Well, his from, banks do. Yeah, banks they, well, do. he's been deplatformed. Oh, well, we're yeah, hear, so that's a bigger issue that go, dovetails into everything we're talking about with free speech. Well, that's funny you mentioned that because we're going to run a clip right now from Tucker last night where Blake Masters talks about banks censoring people mm-hmm. over their political views. Let's mm-hmm. take a listen. So we're going to take a listen to this clip, and it's going to blow your mind, really. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, but they come on and talk about how terrible everything is, right? And I get it, because there's a lot of material. We've got yeah. a female Supreme Court nominee who doesn't know what a woman is, right? right? You've got Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, neither of whom can form a coherent sentence. Uh, and yet, just recently, here in Arizona, Wells Fargo debanked a friend of mine. They shut down his account because he's a prominent conservative. They shut down his account. Wells Fargo. Yeah. And this happened to Mike Lindell, uh, you know, who, who loves our red state code, red state as the code. But no, they shut him down. Uh, how about Ezra Levant in, up in Canada? Yeah. Well, he think, was one of the first that I heard think about. Think about this but for a this minute. this is what I've been talking about with regard to the social credit score well, system. Well, let me bring up a more relevant or more, more contemporary comparison. What were, are we doing to Putin? I mean, in Russia, we res- we 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 shut down yeah. a bunch of banks against Putin because he had crimes against humanity. Are you not trying to make the? Right. Are they now trying to make the equivocation uh, that conservatives have committed crimes against humanity that, so that they have to be ki- kicked out of and banks? At the same that's time, what you that's what you're saying by doing that. And at the same time, Zelensky's done the same thing to to his yeah. his enemies. Yeah. He's also silenced his political opponents. He is also uh, taking control over his state media. Right. He's a dictator now. Yeah. That's what Zelensky is. That's what we're here to support. The globalists who spit in your eye, yeah. who've called you a racist. They've used Black Lives Matter to call you racist, Antifa to call you a fascist. Uh, they've um, locked uh, you up for uh, the, uh, protesting. We're going to play a Julie Kelly clip here in a, just a minute. And, uh, and we're supposed to, now they're asking for our support. Yeah. Hey, you need to support um, Zelensky, uh, and uh, if you don't, you're 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 a shill for Putin, right? Now, I say this: I say a Trump supporter, a Trump patriot, never supported Putin, never supported communism, never supported Russia. And yes, I know that Russia is really not communism anymore. I get that, but it's it's just you know rolls off the tongue better. Um, but the idea is is that they still aren't a real democracy. Otherwise, Putin would have been gone a long time ago. Yeah. So the, the idea is we never supported that. It was these neocons that were actually throwing salt in the eyes of Putin for no good reason. And when Trump said it wouldn't be a bad idea to get, uh, get, um, get good with Putin, to get along with Putin, and to bring him into the G7, make it a G8 again, and bring him into the G20... It would have been a good thing, not a bad thing, because we would have more leverage over Putin. And if we had a good working relationship with their oil and with their trade, uh, instead of all these these uh, sanctions, they're just crippling a lot of different people, not just the oligarchs and not just Putin. And so it's just a bad, bad way to go. These diplomats, these people that are sit these boards, uh, roundtable discussions in, in Brussels, do not have your interest at heart. They don't even know who you are. And that's the part that kills me the most. 
Now let's go. We're going to go ahead and continue this uh, little thing uh, here with Blake Masters from Arizona. He's a Senate candidate. And so these banks, it's a problem. They are super woke and they're like two seconds away from freezing your checking account if you're a Republican. So I get it. There's a lot of bad stuff. But Tucker, I actually wanted to come on and give a bit of good news based on what I'm seeing on the campaign trail in Arizona. uh, People are tired of this. People are waking up. They're pushing back. I dare say they're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. Right. There you go. So that's 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 what we want to hear. So um, I want to also play um, Tucker touched on two things. He touched on bio. It's like he's listening to the Scott Adams show. So he touched on bioweapons and he touched on the January 6th. And what what gives me the beef is what what gets into my crawl, you know, is is that um, it is just that, uh, you know, we're supposed to support the same people that spit in your eye, mm-hmm. the same people that locked you up, the same people that want to freeze your accounts, the same people that told you to strap on a mask and keep your distance and, and sh- t- tell you not to go to work and ruined your life. The same people that want to control, but based, and they want to control you with lies because Fauci is lying, right? Yeah. And Fauci is a warmonger. And Fauci is working with the Pentagon. And we know now that Danzig, Danzig, is a CIA guy, and he's working with the State Department, and he's working with Victoria Nuland on these bio labs, and it's a concerted and coordinated effort. And when you see the arrogance in their eyes, you see the arrogance. They know they're untouchable. They sit up there in these committee hearings, and they almost laugh in your face, and you could feel it oozing out of their pores. you got to say to yourself, you know, why are they so confident? Remember yeah. Hillary Clinton? They yeah. had her dead to rights. Yeah. But she, you knew, you didn't know then, but you know now that she had uh, the FBI in her pocket. Yeah. She had the Department of Justice in her pocket. And we're going to hear in these clips coming up all of this stuff. And it's just, it's, uh, I'm, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm going to get to this. I wanted to read this to you. I wrote this in my Substack yesterday. So be sure to check out. And again, with Substack, what's what's happening here is we're offering, uh, I call it a bring in the spring uh, promotion. And Bring I just, in the spring. That kind of is, uh, rhymes a little I bit. I just coined it. Bring, you know? in, bring yeah, in the spring. I just bring wanted to be catchy. No, I like it. But, but I'm really not selling anything anyway. But the idea is, is that we want to promote people to subscribe to our um, Substack, it's at scottadamshow.substack.com. And the reason why we're doing it is because we have a big list. We have a list of about 150,000 names. Um, and we're going to be adding that to the Substack at some point in the near future. And so what we're saying is um, what we want to do is get you to subscribe to this list, listeners to this show, and we're going to when we add the um, the uh, premium feature to it, you're gonna we're gonna automatically put you into the pre give you a you know check the box on your account on your sign up, and we're gonna just automatically put you into the premium, and you're gonna have access to that premium content for the rest of the year until the end of the year. Otherwise, in about a, ten days to two weeks, we're gonna be sending out a mass. Uh, mailing with that substack 
and we're going to be only accepting them premium subscribers or we're going to be, be accepting subscribers and if you want access to the premium content uh, then you have to actually subscribe to it and there's going to be a fee for that uh, and that's how we're doing it so everybody that signs up before that we send out that big mail blast which we're declaring it to be April 1st um, everybody that signs up to my Substack before April 1st is going to be automatically admitted to that. And there's no credit card or anything like that. And after the year, then we're just going to sort of go over the records and ask you if you want to be a premium member at that point. So it's no uh, risk to you. It's uh, The content is great because what I do is I put the podcast up. I give um, my own writing about the show. And I give all my sources and references and reference guides, video clips and audio clips and uh, reference sources uh, by way of my Twitter feed. And uh, it's, it's ra- actually really uh, a good thing. It's just more content. And you, you get a better understanding of where I've come from, um, where I'm coming from with the show. Uh, so in this sh- yesterday's show, I wrote this that I didn't say on the show, but I'm going to say I, I wrote it in my Substack. I said globalists are like plantation owners with their whips and chains calling for help without ever returning the favor. All they see in you is slavery. All they want from you is a is a, is is your support. Yeah. And you, you want to pay the taxes and they'll, they'll they're not serving you. That's the point. And I say this, liberal globalists who use Black Lives Matter and Jesse to call Jesse Smollett to call you a racist, Antifa to call you a fascist, climate to regulate you, COVID to control you, big tech to censor you, rigged your elections, took away your energy, causing crushing inflation, opened your borders to support corporate slave labor access and import illegal voters now want you to join them in their fight against communist Russia. Patriots never supported communism, Putin, or Russia, but they never supported liberal globalists in search of a new world order either. And we're not about to start now. Don't be fooled by this, because if we help them win, they become stronger. And guess what happens when they become stronger? They control you. They control your speech. And where have we heard that before? Uh, we've talked about it with uh, COVID. We've talked about it with, uh, you know, medical in, uh, issues in general. We've talked about it with security issues. Yeah. This goes back to the, you know, Big Brother days, uh, George Orwell, all the things that Animal Farm in 1984 predicted. Yeah. And check this out. So remember I've, I've talked to you about BlackRock? Yes. Uh, BlackRock is controlling the world. Mm-hmm. Here, here's an opening, and again, this uh, audio clip is featured in my Substack. You can see the whole video of this woman speaking about this, but let's take a listen. This woman's from Iceland. What if I told you that there was a company so powerful on the planet today that it affects almost every single aspect of our lives? A company that is so rich that they hold more assets than the GDP of every single country in the world except for two. A company that is the single largest investor in the destruction of our planet's forests and the largest money contributor to the fossil fuels industry. 
And what if I also told you that it's very likely you are responsible for the funding of this company and allowing it to do what it does. And even if you tried your absolute hardest, it would almost be impossible for you to stop giving them money. The scary fact is that this company does exist and you have most likely never heard its name before. The company is BlackRock. All right. Do you hear that? Yeah. Now let's take another listen to uh, what BlackRock has to say. This is Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock. Just recently, he said this. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Well, behavior- you hear that? Forcing behaviors. Where have we heard that before, where we're being told how we need to behave? That's Larry Fink from BlackRock. Yeah, yeah. The most powerful. They own Pepsi and Coke. Yeah, yeah. So if you think Pepsi and Coke are going at it with each other, they're going to competition, you think, you know, oh, well, at least we have capitalism. You know, somebody's going to rise out from the ashes and right the wrongs because they're going to see an opportunity and they're going to go for the profit. And that's what that's the beauty of capitalism. No, the globalists, which he is one of, the globalists are destroying capitalism because they know that capitalism is like the middle class. It, it finds the path of least resistance. It, it's like water flowing down a hill and can carve through stone and everything else. That's the beauty of capitalism is the markets, the free markets actually find the truth. It finds the winners and losers. That's only if there's still a free market. If you've been shut down or censored and uh, you you can't get access to your own billions, then you have a problem. We need a government that protects equality. So there's, you know, if there's cheaters in the markets, they are held accountable. It's not equity where you prop one up over the other, like affirmative action or something else. Like Kamala Harris was talking about equity versus equality. So the idea is this whole thing about equity, you end up with a moron that can't tell you what a woman is. <laughs> you know, like Katani. She can right? tell Katani. you what a woman is. She just doesn't want to. Right. She, or, know, she knows that the but, answer but to the question. But if this was a capitalist, if this was a capitalist uh, moment, right? If this was true capitalism, she would never rise to the top with an attitude like that. Yeah. Where she's playing politics with people's lives. Yeah. This is the most important post you can have. Yeah, is a lifelong appointment as a Supreme Court. And you know justice. what? And you know what? You know how things are looking. They're looking like at the moment that no Republicans are going to vote for her. You know, and just as uh, I, th- I believe, no Democrats voted for Amy uh, Coney Barrett. So you're going to you're probably going to have another similar scenario. And and again, it's largely based on her record. Yeah. So Lynn Lynn uh, writes in. From Orlando, Katanji's husband, Patrick Jackson, twin brother of Rhino Rhino, Rhino Ryan's brother-in-law, William Jackson. William Jackson's wife, Dana, is the sister of Ryan's wife. I'm getting a headache already. Yeah, you're getting a headache. What it is, is as Lynn Lynn points out, uh, her husband, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson's husband, is married to Paul Ryan's sister-in-law. So that's the connection. So the Lock Doctor, thank you for subscribing to our Substack, Lock Doctor. <laughs> uh, I didn't give the full email address there, so yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we get it. we've been getting flooded with those. You yeah, know, that's been great stuff. Cool. Um, 
But uh, thank you for that. You must be listening. I don't know. And so we're going to play uh, this clip about the... Uh, now, Tucker was on fire last night. Yeah, he he's been on fire about, a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, I only disagree with him with his uh, endorsement of J.D. Vance. That's it. Yeah, well, I worked with J.D. Vance on an event, and I, on, I honestly feel that, he, and a lot of conservatives feel this way, that he's kind of gone in a different direction than the way he originally presented himself. Right. And do we need more of that or less of that in I Washington? I think we need less of that in Washington. Right, right. So, And I know you have, and I've been to events where he's been, and I'll tell you, you know, I just know the circles he keeps. It doesn't make him a bad person, folks. He's not I'm a not bad trashing person. J.D. Vance. I'm trashing the fact that Ohio can do better. And what's going to happen, and I'm going to say, mark my words, he's won the straw poll. He's probably going to win that primary uh, and uh, against Mandel. And what's going to happen is a year and a half, two years from now, He's going to flip on something. He's going to look a lot more like Mitt Romney because he supported Evan McMullen. Evan McMullen was a Mitt Romney guy against Trump. And what's going to happen is I'm going to say, I told you, you didn't listen. Um, and even someone like Tucker Carlson is going to complain about something that J.D. Vance is doing because once they get into power, they start acting more like T-Bone, Cory Booker, Spartacus than they do anything else. You know, or they start fleecing America uh, like like Lindsey Graham. And so I'm just sick and tired of of this kind of thing happening. You know, this buyer's remorse. It's not like you've been warned. You, you haven't been warned. I warned you. And uh, and I, I can't stop it from happening. I'm just one guy. Right. And it, it, I'm crying inside, actually. I'm literally <laughs> crying inside. You know, it just bothers the heck out of me. Yeah. yeah. You know? But here here we are. We're going to go ahead and listen to Tucker, who's exposing the truth on the bioweapons. It's almost like he's been listening because yesterday we covered this quite a bit. And then last night he does this. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of this. What we're covering is then getting covered in the mainstream media almost like to the T. Uh, Lara Logan went off on Ukraine in a way that and she got all kinds of great fanfare for it. Great, brilliant analysis. Well, we were covering that week and two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. Let's take a listen to uh, Tucker. On Not only uh, there's going to be two clips here. There's going to be one. He's talking about the biolabs. Okay, so this is the mainstream watered-down version of what we were talking about yesterday, and that's great. Um, but then also he talks with Julie Kelly about the prisoners being locked up. And what I've been saying is these globalists lock you up, but then have their hand out, want more taxes, and want you to help support their war effort against Russia to help make the globalists stronger. And as soon as you do, it's going to be like the snake. Remember the snake? The, the Trump reads the snake? Yeah, yeah. How dare you bite me? You, I, I let you in. You know, you knew, you I, knew was a I was a snake when right. you choose to let me in. Yeah, and so we're going to have that moment with the globalists where we are going to help the snake and the snake is going to come back to bite us and they're going to say, you always knew I was a snake. And that's exactly what's going on. This moment right now in time is the globalists are asking for your help to, against Russia and they're going to fortify themselves and build a bigger coalition that's going to make it so Brexit never happened, that Trump never happened, and somehow we're never going to get our freedoms and civil liberties and human rights back. And that's the problem. Let's take a listen to the 
uh, Tucker talking about biolabs in Ukraine and then talking about um, and then having Julie Kelly on to talk about the, the people who have been locked up for going on two years now over a simple protest. Biolab story was a couple of weeks ago. So much has happened. But a couple of weeks ago, Torian Newland, that's the undersecretary of state who oversees Ukraine, mentioned in a Senate hearing that there are U.S. funded biolabs in Ukraine. And whatever's in these labs, Newland said to Marco Rubio, is so dangerous that she's worried it'll fall into the wrong hands. People could get hurt. Now, we saw the tape of Newland saying this, and we were really surprised. We'd never heard anything like this before. Biolabs in Ukraine? What? Why? So we brought it up on air, and we asked, among other things, why didn't the Biden administration secure what was ever in these labs before the Russians invaded? That seemed like a fair question, maybe an important question. For asking it, we were immediately denounced by so-called reporters as disloyal agents of Vladimir Putin. They accused us of repeating discredited Russian disinformation about the existence of bioweapons in Ukraine. And they knew this because Pentagon Flax had handed them a, quote, fact sheet that told them so. So they read the talking points dutifully, as they always do. In fact, we hadn't even mentioned bioweapons. We just quoted what Tory and Newland told the Senate and asked what it meant. The whole thing was absurd. But the experience did get us thinking, what is the truth here? Why exactly are we paying for biolabs in Ukraine, of all places? How long has this been going on, and what's the purpose of it? So we started poking around to find out. And we did. We just spoke to someone who knows the answer to this question, someone with direct first-hand knowledge of this topic. It turns out that our government has for some time funded biolabs in Ukraine that do, among other things, research on, yes, biological weapons. This is not a conspiracy theory. It's true. So why is the U.S. government doing this in Ukraine? The answer, because no one wants to do bioweapons research in this country. It's too dangerous and it's too unpopular. For decades, the U.S. government worked on bioweapons at places like Fort Detrick in suburban Maryland or underground at the Army's Dugway Proving Ground outside Salt Lake City. But after a series of accidents and controversies, the government decided to move bioweapons research offshore. Ukraine, among other countries, was a perfect place to relocate. Because Ukraine is not a democracy, the Ukrainian government can host all the bioweapons research it wants. There's nothing ordinary Ukrainians can do about it. That's the truth. Now, we're not shocked that our government is lying about this. A bioweapons program is, by definition, a national security matter. So you do not expect full transparency. That's okay. What we're shocked by is the Biden administration's willingness to attack anyone who presses them for answers as an agent of a hostile foreign power. Get out of our way or we'll accuse you of treason. That's over the top. That's their M.O. Not just the White House, but the toadies in the press corps who do their bidding. Denouncing American citizens as disloyal for telling the truth. No wonder so many elected Republicans obey them. They're afraid not to. But there's more to the story. How much more? We're not sure. But the National Pulse is reporting tonight that apparently a private equity firm run by Hunter Biden funded some of the research into pathogens in these biolabs. What are the outlines of that story? We're not sure. But we know it's legitimate to ask what it means. Why wouldn't it be? You're not a Russian agent repeating discredited Putin talking points if you ask. You're a good citizen. So we're going to continue to ask. We hope that others will, too. We can't help but notice that the very same people talking about democracy in Ukraine are still holding Americans in prison in this country for what are essentially political offenses. That's true. 
Julie Kelly has been following the fate of the January 6th defendants for more than a year. She's with American Greatness. She's also the author of January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protests to Launch a War of Terror Against the Political Right. Julie Kelly joins us tonight. Julie, thanks so much for coming on. All of us hope for Ukraine to be free and democratic. It's just interesting that the people who are lecturing us about human rights in Eastern Europe are the ones violating them here. Is that an overstatement? Not at all. And the silence of not just the Democrats and the usual suspects who defend political, the taking and holding of political prisoners, but also people like Mitt Romney, uh, they've all been silent by the fact, in the fact, that the Justice Department, Joe Biden's Justice Department, has sought pretrial detention for at least 100 Americans for their participation in the events of January 6th. Nearly 80 of those Americans still are behind bars, deny the opportunity to post bail, as the same Justice Department delays their trials into the middle or towards the end of this year. That means that there will be some men who will have been behind bars for almost two years, not convicted of any crime, never presented any evidence before a jury to decide, simply held uh, denied bail because they are Trump supporters who protested the election of Joe Biden on January 6, 2021. As murderers and rapists walk free, a guy walked into a classroom and shot a bunch of people and was out in three days. So this is obviously a human rights violation. There's no other way to describe it. Right. I mean, is there any body to which they can complain? The, you know, hate to appeal to the U.N., but if, you know, if Republicans won't even stand on their behalf, like who else to go to at this point? And there's none. There really is nowhere for these defendants to go. That's sad, right? Yeah, very right? sad. So, uh, Leonor, we got a minute left, a minute and a half. Um, I, w I know that you wanted to cover a couple of... Uh, yeah, no, I met, so I, to talk about I, I did mention my, my article um, on spectator.org about, yeah. uh, about how we're suppressing... Excellent the article. You're one of the best writers I, I know. Aren't you sweet? Um, the R Russian uh, filmmakers. And I, I am going to be um, writing about the Oscars which are on Sunday, so... so are you going to be writing about the Oscars? Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, pro probably a political angle, because I'm sure there will be a political angle, as yeah. always. And, yeah, so uh, those those were a couple things I, I wanted to talk about before. Any favorite movies in one of the... Well, Oscars? you know, I think there were some great movies. I did like uh, The Power of the Dog. I did like the um, remake of West Side Story. I want to um, watch the... Uh, yeah, West Side Story was absolutely amazing. Now, I am a little Redux. disappointed that uh, Nightmare Alley, that Bradley... Um, Cooper. Cooper. I, I, his, the last day was escaping yeah. me for a moment did not get an Oscar nomination for his performance because he was phenomenal just saw that the other day what I, and what a cast I mean the film got nominated for best picture but he was fantastic yeah so yeah. it's going to be interesting but we'll see we'll see the political take yeah, and I, I want to see uh, before the Oscars. I want to see. Uh, I can't believe I'm even going back to the Oscars. I can't but, believe I am either. Yeah, but the, some but of the yeah, films are very back, good this and year. You know what? I'm trying to get my life back. My, I'm trying to get back to some sort of sense of normalcy. Some sense of normalcy, like we were. You and I were at an event last week. But it was week. Beirut. Beirut's the one I want to. Uh, no, not Beirut. Uh, um, Belfast. Belfast. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big difference, Scott. They may begin with a B, but <laughs> they're yeah, far, that's far true. away. That's true. Belfast. I want to watch. Belfast. I want to see Belfast too. Yeah, yeah, I have to buy that one actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning into the Scott Adams show. This has been a little bit of a different show. Um, but uh, in any case, it's always a delight to have Leonardo Cravoto. Always on. a delight to be here. And uh, I just want to remind everybody, use Red State as your promo code for uh, if you're going to go out and get that mattress we were talking about. It helps me out. It helps Red State out. 
if you do that because we get a little commission, we get some acknowledgement that our ads are working. So be sure to use Red State and let them know that uh, Red State is a place uh, for good and that we are drumming up business for some of the things that support us. Also, check out magapack.org. They're advancing America first policies to make America great again. We're doing a lot over there behind the scenes. So magapack.org, if you want, make a donation. It's tax-free. We're a 501c3 official. And also check out scottadamshow.substack.com. And again, use Red State over at mypillow.com. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leon Arcavota. We'll see you next time He's on the radio. Right